Got the world in the palm of my hand. New room, new view, new crew. Wagyu Bogo Beef Days are back with another episode of What Are We Even Doing Here? Thank you for your appearance, Jesse Ventura, as well as Paul White's AEW theme song, which is very different from his WWE theme song, let's be honest. Legally well, can you blame me? <laughs> oh, fuck. Legally very distinct. Legally well, very Jesse, distinct. good luck in uh, getting back to the Baja. I have to go to the Baja. My dogs have been without me for several days. Enjoy your potable horsey sauce. I will. Bye, Jesse Ventura. Bye. Goodbye. Well, I'm heading out now. Nope, 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 nope. Sit down. Sit down. Guys, okay, this is an unbelievably special episode of What Are We Even Doing? Because, and I think we referenced this ages ago on a different one, but there is, in fact, only ever one lost episode of this show. (laughs) That's actually true. Which I think is a pretty good batting average for us. So Uh, far, yeah. So, also, I'm Tom, otherwise known as Christian Rose, being joined by... Brayden, otherwise known as Damien Deschain. And off in the distance, we've also got... Brian, a.k.a. Skeet Franchise. And also, off in the distance, we've got... Meg, otherwise known as Meg. But, the lost episode, guys, we're, we're running it back, we're doing it over, we're giving it to you. We the have people. to... The people. The people. We have to tell just the truncated sure. version of why this episode got lost. Did, yes. Did, did we? Not... Well, okay. My <laughs> PC... While we were recording this episode, my PC died like completely in the yeah. middle of it i wasn't able to save what we had right and you know yeah. i was luckily in the middle of building my second one right and some of the finished episodes that hadn't been released yet mm-hmm. that were saved um i was able to use that hard drive mm-hmm. and put it in my new pc and those were saved the right. only one that was lost was this one that we were in and, the middle of recording and truly seemingly for no reason like your computer just decided yeah. no i'm dead now uh <laughs> yeah and then then uh we i got a new pc yep we had the fan fiasco that got yep. fixed yep. now i am recording on a macbook air so and the show has the never techno- been better. It, yes the mic has always been the same but Correct. point being we we have the episodes now we do okay? and, and this one won't, won't be lost we have the opportunity to run it back and to do it correctly and make it good and great because we are joined by my Dearest friend and arch nemesis, all in the same breath. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the program, Matt Cage. Otherwise known as, you lost the episode because I'm black. No, dude, what? (laughs) (laughs) That's racism, brother. It is. That's That's why I'm upset you lost the episode. I'm the only one that has to come back on this shit fest and record again. No. I'm no, kidding. okay. Chalamet is racist, brother. <laughs> what, that, well, that's that's a hard. Dude. Wonka is problematic, especially if you watch that original one. Kids are dying. He's enslaving little people. Like it's it's a dark, disturbing children's movie. Um, guys, okay, we're we're kind of breaking the format as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you've ever heard me uh, offhandedly reference what we've called the Hell Trip, is this going to be on Patreon or is this? That's up to you, my man. Uh. I feel like it should be up to you because I don't. I know think any I of think this. this should be free. I think okay. I think this story everyone should know the story. So this, I was picturing this being free only yeah. because we have we need a free one. We need a free one yeah, because yeah, 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 the yeah, Dreamwave yeah. recap. Yeah, it's is, very funny. Is, this is also yeah. 
This is the free episode. Matt the Money Cage. No money will be made from this episode. Uh, also, at the time of recording, we did our first ever live show yesterday. It was a smashing success. 200,000 people in attendance. That's true. I think that that should go on Patreon so that the people that did pay for it have to pay for it again to listen to it. Yeah, um, love it. <laughs> as long as the outcome is income. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, and I think it's fair that this one's free. You're not outright burying anybody that already hasn't been buried. That's, That's not true. Because <laughs> you don't know what we're about to tell. This yeah. is true. And how we're going to tell it. Time has gone by since this story. A lot of it, in fact. Fucks are not given at this point. Um, yeah, what are you going to do? Sue? <laughs> what do you do? We know what, we know what, what do you do, Karen? We know what good can come from a podcast where you're talking about other people. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It can launch or demolish a career. And speaking of Colt Cabana... No, I'm kidding. Folks, uh, guys, we're here today. We're going to talk about what we have always called and referred to as the hell trip. This is a harrowing story of the survival of some beloved indie wrestlers and Matt Cage through approximately a total of 72 hours of agony that I would not wish on anyone except for him. Uh, God damn. But before we do any of this, oh, we, we gotta ring that bell, baby. And we got a special bell here. I was called in here all the way from, where am I at now? I, I moved the ranch. Spring I sold the ranch. I don't remember where I'm at. Anyway, the Skull Ranch, I believe. I'm very proud of this. El Segundo Brewing Company, the Broken Skull American lager. Let's give this a try. Here we go. I'm drinking coffee. <laughs> I have a diet Pepsi. You're lost. This is a hell of a drink. This is a hell of a beverage. Are Steve, you... I gotta be honest with and you. And I'm a whole ass. <laughs> Bye, Steve. What uh, are we even doing here? I'm exactly. <laughs> I'm not that big on like the IPAs, the lagers, and the fancy beers, but that is pretty enjoyable. Yeah. Like the first yeah, like sip very... or two, like off of it, it's kind of like, oh, this is like way like poppy and yeah, shit. Yeah, super. Like, yeah. Once you get like a little bit into it, it kind of starts smoothing out on you. So. Not too bad. Steve makes a good beer. Um, tasty beverage. Lost so, that goddamn son. Okay, so let's let's get started on this story because we we do have a little bit of a time frame because of your your travel. Uh, uh, I mean, my. My departure is not for three hours, which means that we have two and a half hours to talk about this, basically. Brother, there's a lot to say, though. But I feel like we can wrap this up in, in a fair amount of time. How long do these podcasts usually run? We don't uh, have, we don't we have a set limit, but no. we have a minimum. You could always break it up into two we, parts. We try to break it into a minimum of an hour. But okay. we, we have had some shows that were coming up on two and a half, two and three quarters. I'm pretty sure we've had two. at least one yeah. three-hour episode. Yeah. I well, think. we can get into it then. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. I think we should. So If we're recording this, we should get into everything. Oh, see, on on that note of podcast length, I just have to ask, I didn't see it. The one that was like seven of us in the garage, it was on Patreon, yep. the unwell episode. Yeah, yeah, How yeah, long yeah. did that go? Because that had to have been the shortest. I bet that's an hour and a half. Really? Yeah, maybe an hour and change. How long was Berna talking about cranking it? Oh, Too long. And on the Wildwood Live, too. Yeah, yeah, we it brought that back. It just keeps happening. Yeah. Uh, so, let's wind the clocks back. The year is... It's April 2014. Correct. Now, when we talk about the Hell Trip, this was actually... Uh, I don't know if you recall this. This was a triple shot weekend. I do. Well, I don't remember the third part, but I do remember it. But we definitively had a Friday show. I don't remember the Friday show, but I do know that the part that truly matters Correct. is the Saturday and Sunday portion. 
Right. I'm and I guess also the Monday portion. Oh my god. The the button on the end of this. Holy shit, guys. So, um, so to I put this I, in perspective for the audience, I have been told small bits and pieces of this story throughout the years. Not even close to all of it, and never all at once. Right. So I, I only wanted to reference that this was a triple shot to put a little context into... The exhaustion up. and the, the, the state that we are in. We woke up Friday hits. morning to get ready to go to our Friday show. And we did not get home until very late on Monday, Monday evening. Or afternoon. afternoon. Monday, Monday afternoon. Mon- Monday right. afternoon Monday into afternoon. evening. Yeah. So um, I guess how to start would be to start with the Saturday portion. Because right. that is the that is where the events truly began to unfold. So the Friday show that we just can't quite remember but definitively did happen. Saturday was Dreamwave Wrestling's uh, anniversary. Correct. Now, what was your match on the card? Because I don't quite recall. I So this was one of the two... It was a great weekend for me. Saturday, me and uh, Prince Mustafa Ali. Ooh. At Dreamwave, yes. At Dreamwave. And then Sunday. I do, okay, I, now I do remember that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Sunday was me versus Kyle O'Reilly at IWA Mid-South. Oh. Right. So a great weekend for me. I believe you in 2014 was... At the Dreamwave show, it was me and uh, Elgin. Elgin, Okay. And then on the day after wow, at Mid South, it was me match. and uh, Danny Cannon. I do remember that. There, there was, there's a lot of details that we're going to get into. Yes. But um, Golden Shower Power, Mike Elgin. Yeah. Oh no! Straight up to Cancel Town. Um, so the Take Saturday your finish. <laughs> kick out. I know. Um, so the Saturday Dreamwave show. Uh, I remember. I do recall the match with you and Ali. I didn't. Re- I didn't think it was that show. I thought it was something else. I do recall that match. That was. We had a couple of matches great. at Dreamwave. Yes, I did. There was. There was so much around. Uh, there's, there's so many details. Also, I feel like talking about the story in full will also we bring more details yeah. that I have been forgotten. Yeah. So, Saturday we're at Dreamwave. Um, I'm wrestling Prince Mustafa Ali. I also am supposed to do a segment with one of the special guests that night, Jim Cornette. Jim Cornette is, um, for lack of better terms, a firecracker, as everyone knows. Sure. Um, So I'm getting to have a little moment with him backstage. We're talking about what we're going to do for our promo. I have my match with um, Ali, and then afterwards, um, I'm supposed to... Or maybe it's before. I can't remember. I'm doing a thing with, with fucking Cornette. I'm supposed to... Threatened to beat the shit out of him or something now, like that. It, it's also interesting, too, because I believe the, the bit was that Cornette was like the guest GM for the evening. I remember Because this. he's all over this the show. The show. He, ha- he does have a bit in my match with Elgin, where it, <laughs> he c- calls for a restart off of a, a fuck finish, like a dusty finish. Yes, because um, you are still undefeated at the time. That is correct. I had not ended your stupid-ass three-year streak. Eat shit. Um, <laughs> there's also... Which we will definitively talk about the uh, segment with Cornette, uh, one double J. We will double, get to that. Double M A. We have to before we get to that. Right, right, right. I have to tell the the beginning of what I know. I was like, tonight yes. will be an eventful night. Yes. So we always love those. <laughs> I just knew. I said tonight is going to be an eventful night. So I'm in the back. I'm telling Cornette, you know, this is what I'm going to say. Da 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 da. He's like, okay, what? Off the cuff. Da da da. We're going over our thing. Um. <laughs> 
interrupting us is one of the other special guests for the evening, Karen Engel. I will no longer be referring to her in this podcast by Karen Jarrett because it is Karen Engel to me. <laughs> Regardless, she was Karen Engel when I thought, when I discovered her. She's Karen Engel forever. So you're choosing to dead name Karen Engel. I am. And also, <laughs> oh my God. To, I was already doing this anyway, but then Jim Cornette also did it after this interaction. So okay. we're going up. She comes up, starts bitching about her 8x10s. They didn't oh, lay man. out my 8x10s right. Fuck this company. How am I going to possibly make enough money tonight if my if my merchandise isn't set out correctly? She goes off. Oh, I'm so sorry to <laughs> interrupt. Br- Braden is having a physical reaction. To yes. This. Karen Engel. So Corn- I'm just standing there and I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not about to cut her off. She's whatever. And she's not bitching to me. She's bitching to Cornette. Right. Um, I'm so sorry I interrupted you. But I, did they do that to your stuff? I just can't believe that they're just not going to set out my things correctly. I'm so sorry I interrupted. And I just let her go off. Fucking Cornette, oh, well, it's okay, honey. It's okay, sweetheart. You know, we're going to figure it out. We're just going to take care of it. You know, I'll, I'm coming down and talk to you, blah, blah, blah. She walks away. As soon as she walks away, Jim Cornette looks at me. What the fuck is wrong with her? She's so fucked up. How the fuck are we going to get through this, uh, planning this spot together? Karen Engel's coming up over me. She was out there drunk earlier. She's got her tits falling out all over the place. <laughs> what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? She wants me to help her with her 8 by 10s and I'm just sitting what there. The hell? What the fuck is this? She wants to help me, help, she wants me to help her with her 8 by 10s I gotta run this spot. We're gonna do it in an angle. Well, how am I supposed to run this spot? She's worried about her eight by tens not set out correctly. Uh, so fun, fun other bit of uh, point here. Karen at one point during this tried to claim that because and by the way, I don't know who was running merch at this point because this was clearly long before you were in charge of this. Yeah, it was probably Frosty at this point. Okay, I don't know who was in charge of this, and I don't know how you quote set. It up so badly. So at the time, there was can't. at the time there was like I do remember the merchandise. Not that this is a huge detail, but like the merch table was at the time was bathroom. I can't remember, but I do remember it being cramped. Okay, so there were things that, that weren't laid out just like side by side. Some some things were a little overlapped. Okay, but like. I went to look at the merchandise at the end of the night because I, too, had merchandise set out. Nothing was not set out. Just keep that in mind. But also... I'm I'm sorry, go ahead. I was saying, and if I handed a box and said, just set this out, I'm going to set it out to how it best works for the table. Absolutely. What I'm saying is that, like... Karen's merch isn't set up at like the top of the aggro crag from Nickelodeon or something where you gotta no. run a fucking obstacle course to get to it's it. It's also anything. it's on a table. It's also just eight by ten photographs of her and her fucking tits that are out as Jim Cornette did state. Now, <laughs> for the people here in the room that don't know, Karen at one point during all of this debacle made a, a claim about how much money she felt that she did not make. Because of the piss poor placement of her eight by tens, would either of you gentlemen like to guess how much money she claims she lost due to this? Just, just uh, five hundred dollars. Okay. Two. Okay. She claims that she was out about twelve hundred dollars in eight by ten sales, which I'm pretty sure you can't see this on the podcast. Brian just walked out of the house. <laughs> I hope you he comes couldn't get twelve hundred people to buy that Please picture the for other one dollar. Like, <laughs> if he comes, if he comes <laughs> in the other door, I'm going to be pissed because it's locked, and that means he, that means he's fucked That's up my house. Work. That's not going to work. 
Like, I'm pretty sure they were $10 8x10s. I feel like that was the going rate for, you know, whatever. So that means that she was expecting to sell 120 of these minimum. So at, what was at the no house? point has Karen Angle ever been house? this yeah. over. I mean... I mean, it wasn't like quite capacity like Dreamwave is right now, but it would have been like pushing three hundred. It would have been right. capacity for the so, time. For the time, yeah. Damn but near, again, I think pushing the only, damn near the only, half the audience. <laughs> every other person in that building. Door like, every person was going to get an eight by ten. Also, they were going to buy eight by tens for their partners. They were going to buy eight by tens for their children, and also buy one get one free bogo for several other people for the rest of the month. So when you buy one 8x10 by Karen Angle, you get one for the same price because she needs to make all her money on them. If you buy one Karen Angle 8x10, you also get a copy of her divorce papers from Kurt for free. I it's love it. Karen Angle BOGOs that if you were to buy the 8x10s and she lost out on $1,200, that could have financed a trip to the Baja. <laughs> it was definitely going to finance her eventual rehab stint because there's a oh, lot of word. a lot more yeah. okay. details so that I we're love missing where we're out on. Already. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. the the point of referencing how chaotic Karen Angle was in this interaction. So we, we say all that to go back to the... Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The point of pointing out how chaotic Karen Angle is in this interaction is to point out that her and Jeff, who was obviously the other Jeff Jarrett, J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-
Maybe that's what and it there was. was. There was a tackling thing or something, and Karen was like rolling, almost doing a cat fight with Cornette. That, then you know what? Maybe and that is he what came to it the led back and was like. And it was it was this uh, like watching someone shift gears so instantaneously because Cornette is in the back and he's just like. What the fuck's going on out there? They're fucking hammered as shit. Karen Jarrett's rolling around. She's got her asshole in my fucking head. And then here comes Karen around the corner. And she's and he just goes, "Hey, baby, everything cool? Everything good? How are you?" Like the the no one could have turned a corner yes. harder. They don't make a vehicle with a low enough center of gravity. Like it was unbelievable. It is also a pretty decent cornet impression. Also non visual medium. Tom is rocking the Jim Cornette glasses right now. I am. He really is. They're also <laughs> they are also comparable in age. Oh <laughs> fuck you! Um, if I remember, shocking nobody, this promo and moment goes far too long. Oh yeah, uh, Dreamwave especially at this point was going too long for forever and um, only ever. So that for this specific moment is the end of my interaction with Karen and. Cornette, and there was no interaction with me and Jeff during Dreamwave. My only real... Mm. Uh, mute that too, please. It, um, it's my only real thing for that was... So I had the match with Elgin, and I thought that the build was okay. And yeah. I remember saying, I just want this to be the thing where he absolutely massacres me. And I squeak out the win because he had been brought in and pushed so very, very hard. And I wanted to take some really crazy bumps. And he said no. Like at one point, I wanted him to military press me from the ring and into the, the chairs. Like in, into the crowd. And he And that's asking no. Elgin, who's strong as fuck at that point, to do a lot. Because Tom does not post and is heavy as fuck. I, I love how every chance that you've gotten on given this you, show, you just get... Like three or four quick jabs. Because I, I fucking I post for your dumb fuck fireman carry pick you up set you down punch thing a thousand times. And at every point was the post, but only a small small post. And I oh my god, you know what? It large. was a post. But yes, I don't I don't fucking need this from you. You're a guest in my home. Any hoot. <laughs> I remember having the match with Elgin. It ended up being good. Um, but at one point he literally said, "Do you have any more moves you can do?" And at this time I didn't. And it was just like, that's yeah, that's crazy. that's all I got, dude. Like, and so, anyways, that was my involvement with this. But then, obviously, there was the Dreamwave after party, which is just obligatory at this point. And if you can imagine, we got into some fucking drinks. But yeah, yeah, as you, now, as you do. Let us get into what I, I feel like this has all been. That was that was the, that was just the Dreamwave was the shine. Look at how small Marshall Dreamwave is. was the shine yes. of, of this match. Yes. Let's get into the heat. Okay. So, I love I love this. And and coincidentally, Sunday night heat. Yes. <laughs> we I love it. I love everything about it. We travel to was it Jefferson? What town was was I Jammers in? cannot tell you what town, but it is the it's Jammers Roller Dome. Rollers yeah. in somewhere the fuck Indiana. Now it also does not matter where in Indiana, because as we all know, Indiana is the dark, shadowy place that Mufasa was telling Simba to not go in the <laughs> yes, Lion King, yes. because Indiana, at any point, is also hell trip. It is the second worst part of the Midwest. What's the first? Ohio. Wisconsin. Oh. 
Oh, I don't know. No, yeah. Indiana is worse than Wisconsin. I might Wisconsin be... at the very least has cheese. Yeah. <laughs> the what looks. does Indiana have? Wait, aren't you also lactose intolerant? Yes. I, I might argue Indiana has maybe three wrestlers that are good. Oh, we're talking about wrestlers. I'm also just in general. But like shout out to Heidi Loveless. Billy Rock. Uh say, friend of the show Sage Phillips. There's three off the top of our heads instantly. Okay. Wisconsin. Mario. Sure. There's one. There we go. All right. Anyways, <laughs> so the car load for now post Dreamwave are going to Mid South. It is myself, Mr. Cage, Malachi Matthews, and Knight Wagner. We are in Knight's fucking piss poor Chevy Cavalier that is oh, trying to die. It's a little two-door car. Trying to die. You can't Badly. kill them. They cannot be stopped. It tried Whoa. to kill us. I don't recall there being any issue on the way down, except for, again, a crazy bit of foreshadowing. One of the tires, uh, Knight said, yeah, it has a slow leak on it. We may have to put air in it a few times at gas stations. It will be fine. And we were all like, yeah, sure. Because that's not that's not that unusual, you know? It's just kind of like, all right, yeah, we stopped a few times here, up a tire, whatever. We get to the show. And now, here we go. At this point in time, the idea that Jeff Jarrett was starting Global Force Wrestling was very much a thing. Oh, yeah. And there was a lot of hype and buzz, and they were asking people, like, film shit, film just little promos and send it to, to Global Force and blah, blah, blah. Did, did you get your Global Force glow? Global? God damn it. Try it again? I'm having the Hopkins. Oh, shit. You got a bad case of Hopkinsism? Global. Global. Oh, global. Global. Force gold. Jesus global Christ. Force gold. Bogo on global. Bogo on the global. Did you just global. say globo poo? <laughs> <laughs> global Force gold somehow comes out better as Jesse Ventura. Holy Christ. Can't oh, say look, uh, we're, We pulled up ah, the anniversary okay. show. There's, there's... Oh my God, look at us. There's... Oh my Lord, look at <laughs> Baby Braden. Oh my God. Baby Braden in the front row look there. Baby Braden. Christ on his throne. Um, yep, there's Frosty. Uh, so... We, we understand that, like, yeah, we're driving a car. Who cares? We get to the Mid-South show, and everyone is buzzing because Jeff Jarrett is also booked on the show against our friend Reed Bentley and Global Force. Hey, guys, if maybe he's scouting people. You know, maybe, maybe if you impress on this Mid-South show, you'll get signed to Global Force Wrestling, which... I will, I will say something here. Uh, a detail that wound up happening afterwards. I did get one of those sweet Global Force Wrestling paychecks from Double J Jeff Jarrett. Good on you. And it was really good. good. I would have worked for Jeff Jarrett all the fucking time. But I feel like we all had that same... You know what I mean? Like, you had the idea of like, oh, fuck, I want to impress. Absolutely. I absolutely did. You know, and I was I was set jobs. up in a position to do so, thankfully. Same. Yeah. Anyways, fucking, I don't recall anything specific about the actual journey there. I, I don't know. Yeah, the, the trip down there, I don't remember anything specific. I remember us all being very excited for yeah. our matches. Yeah. Um, you were working with Danny Cannon, who yep. we had come up with when we were really starting to make names for ourselves. Uh, me with Kyle O'Reilly, who I had worked with several years prior before he had had a name at all. I actually, the first time I worked with Kyle O'Reilly, he was uh, 
Steve Carino's young boy in his car and did not get paid for the show. Oh, wow. Um, working with me and was like telling me about like, oh, I just really hope to like make a name for myself in the States because I don't know anyone. Right. And then a year later was a thing. Kyle O'Reilly, one of the greatest guys, by the way. Very, very nice. You've worked with him several times. I've worked with him several times. Three or four times, yeah. Just the chillest, like, he's almost on that Bucky level of, like, it's not, you can't have a bad match with the guy. No, he's very good at what he does, and he's very good at doing what you need to do also. But, um, so we go to Mid-South. I do remember you and Danny Cannon having a very good match. It, It was... I feel like you had a couple with him at Mid-South, strangely, in that era. At that point, he was my best opponent and best rival. I I think that you and me, our series hadn't, like... Like, we had matches, for sure, but, like, Mm -hmm. that feud, so to speak, hadn't, like, quite kicked off, you know? Correct. Um, So, yeah. And we did have a couple, like, really good ones at Mid-South, specifically, but... um, Which is really weird to think about in that specific era. A small small detail that is not important, also, but... um, Um, So, but, like... Okay, one thing about me and, and Mr. Can- Danny Cannon's match that I sometimes forget about. It was supposed to be a time limit draw. And if you can imagine, guys, the queues got fucked up. The production value at Mid-South ain't great. Well, I don't know where the fuck we are in the match, like time-wise. And I'm asking the ref. And she's asking the timekeeper. And the timekeeper's just n- looking at her, nodding like a fucking fat idiot. So she doesn't know. So I go, how much time do we have left? Referee wanders away, comes back, she goes, I don't know, he's not giving me cues. And I'm like, I, what, what now? You, you know what I mean? Like, do we just, do we go to a finish? Like, whatever. And ends up going to, a, they just ring the bell at some point. There was no cue, there was no, like, cool spot. I don't know if it was actually 15 minutes or 17. I don't fucking know, I don't care. But the match itself was okay, but because it wasn't the best one that me and, and Danny had had, we were not happy about it. So we're like, fuck, man, like, this is our chance to show out for Jeff Jarrett. What the fuck? You know, whatever. So I also do recall, before we get into the true insanity, um, while I'm feeling down about the match, Jeff did come up to me and goes, I just watched your match. And I go, yeah? And he goes, you beat the shit out of that guy. <laughs> and I go, okay. Because I, I don't know if the reaction is going to be, you're stiff, fuck you, you know, you don't know how to work. Or whatever. And I was like, okay. And he goes, I loved it. I thought it was fucking great. And I was like, oh, thank God. All right, cool. And then he walks away. And I was like, okay. He he liked the match. That's, at this point in the evening, there thanks, you go. Good. Now, the, the fun thing about this, I'm glad that you said that. He probably said that to every person on the car. Well, no, here's the thing. I was going to say, I'm glad that you said that. Because to back up the, oh, everyone is trying to, like, have a good match and press Jeff Jarrett. He was, after he finished putting his match together with Bentley... He did watch most of the mm-hmm. show. He was watching because he also complimented our match or whatever. And I know he was doing it with some of the other people. And uh, so he was doing what that person in that position would likely do. Um, and his interactions were also positive and very chill. At um, this point the opposite, in the evening, everything has been... The opposite of his wife, Karen Engel, who we must go back to for this portion of the story. Okay. What time frame are we at here? Because I have a Karen Engel note from this show that I don't. I think you know this because there's no way we haven't discussed it. It but might it be shatters the same my note, mind. But um, but I will I will say my part. Maybe we're in the same sure, boat. Sure, 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 sure. So she was selling her merchandise. Okay. At 
Mid South. Why does she have merch? Now she, <laughs> exactly because uh, she has to make that twelve hundred dollars. Twelve hundred dollars minimum. Um, I cannot remember Which if this for is... Mid South would have meant everyone there had to buy about six eight by tens. <laughs> okay, for just for a really quick merch note, since that's my expertise area, um, if her eight by tens, I'm gonna say are twenty dollars, right? Mm. So we're averaging what six hundred mm. eight by tens here with this math. Um, one, nobody has ever sold 608 by 10s and probably the most money that's ever gone out of that building was a deals last match. Yeah. Because people were just, one, handing him money, mm-hmm. and two, uh, he was sell- I was selling anything that wasn't nailed down yeah. that he could sign. But that was a rare instance. Right. The girls maybe make 1200 bucks, but they have t-shirts and everything here. The most money I have ever made on merch was just over $600 in a night. Not at Dreamwave. Sure. That was that was in North Dakota. I remember I made five hundred and fifty dollars oh, before the North, show started. North Dakota merch sales. Yeah, it was fucking great. Stellar. So Anyways. still, Karen ain't making shit. No, but to your um, point, so she's selling merch. She's selling yes. merch, and I feel like you were here for this, but she was talking to someone. Maybe you? I don't know. Okay, but she was talking to someone about how Mid South is so much more professionally run. She was then Dreamwave the night before. She said that everything about IWA was so much more professional, so much more okay. well run. That the show the night before was an embarrassment to the independent scene. That she would never go back there. And her and Jeff are very much looking to continue to do business with Mid South based off of how they had been treated. So everything that you just said has in fact come to you from me because okay. I was that person. But let me give you more context to add. Brayden has fallen down, by the way. <laughs> and also, let me let me just sweet. let me just say this also before you continue on this. I will say this. Anyone who is listening to this or anyone who knows or whatever the case may be like, I don't want to make it sound like I am knocking IWA because in this moment, even though we are going to have to come back to certain details for the hell trip and where this Karen Angle situation is going. The idea of IWA being more professionally run than Dreamwave, all of these things, is so far-fetched. Right. Now, this is coming from me, who I personally have never had any any issues, pay otherwise, from Ian. No, like... I, with, None I, of these I, things. I have said that numerous times yes. on this show. Myself, personally, I am not owed a dime never. by Mr. Ian Rotten. I was always given good opportunities by Ian, Mr. Ian Rotten. Ian paid me more when I first started working for him, when I was green as shit, than I... Probably deserve to get paid and then continue to pay me more as I got, you know, progressively long in my career. But right. more professionally run than Dreamwave, absolutely not. No. Right, exactly. It like, in every in any possible way, even at its peak, I would not say that that is the case. Maybe say better wrestling at one point. Sure, Argu- the, the yeah, cards sure. arguable, but more professional. Run. No. Yeah. No. Like anytime that we talk about Mid South on here, I often throw up the disclaimer that most of the 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 bitching and whatnot about it is not myself personally. It's more like people a I collective. know, my friends, the, the collective world as a whole. You know, yeah. like you yeah. and me having good experience. We are on a short list. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But you know, it, it's worth noting. Uh, so the the Karen thing though, and her saying that it was me. So while <laughs> I go to take a piss. And during this time, as I'm walking through the venue, what's happening in the ring is a barbed wire of some sort death match. And it's me, Mitch Page, and oh, I Jesus. don't know, 
some other fat white guy that can't be. <laughs> <laughs> and it's I, a mid south shovel, right? And I'm walking towards the men's room, and I look over, and I see this, and I look over. As I'm walking, and I see Karen Jarrett sitting by herself at the merch table. And I'm thinking, okay, wife of Kurt Angle, <laughs> now wife of Double J, on TNA television, on TNA pay-per-view, and here you are, you know, with with all due respect, here you are. She was married Jammer's- and got filled up by an Olympic gold medalist. Several times. Here you are, Kurt Angle bestiality sex. (laughs) Here you are at Jammer's Skater Sportatoria Dome watching these two obese fucking bags of milk bleed and (laughs) bleed and fall on each other. And I'm like, this, this, like, you know, I, I need to know, right? So I walk over and I just go. Hey, Karen, good to see you again. And I know that she doesn't remember me from the night before. No, because there's not, no... Not a um, chance. She had so much to drink the night before, she probably didn't know who her fucking name was. She but, barely makes it in the ring for this promo. Oh, I'll yeah. play it for you. But I go, hey, Karen, nice to see you again, you know, from, from last night. And she goes, oh, hey, baby, great to see you again. I loved your stuff last night. This is a lie. There's no way she saw any of it. But, you know, whatever. And I go, so... And I motion my hand towards the ring, you know, at this abomination that's happening. This exhibition. And I go, so, what do you think of your Mid-South experience so far? And I'm only doing this kind of to be a shithead, but also morbid curiosity. What can her response be? And she just goes, honestly? And I'm like, uh And she goes, honestly? I love it. And I go, huh? And she says, yeah, I think this place has just run so well. And I go, it is? And she goes, yeah, I thought last night was kind of a shit show. Nobody had their stuff together and just didn't know what the fuck was going on. But this place is just like a well-oiled machine. And, guys, we all know that in nature, the python and the boa constrictor can unhinge their jaw to consume large prey. I was able to, as a man, unhinge my jaw and allow it to hit the floor as I stood there because I could not fucking fathom what bringing was back, said. Bringing back a joke that started on that lost episode. Yes. But then carried on beyond that. Your jaw was on the floor. Hard. I'm surprised the guys in the locker room didn't hear it. Like, <laughs> thunk. <laughs> yeah. And I was just kind of like, oh, okay. So I, I go piss. Eight minutes elapse. I go to the back, and I'm sure I immediately tell you this, and we all were like, "What the f- yes. God Almighty!" <laughs> One of the many laughing fits that happen um, at this part of Hell Trip, because shortly after this, it takes a turn. We have not even gotten into the thick of this. We have not no, gotten deep no, in the guts yet. No, no. Uh, all everything past the the what was it? The shine. Yeah. That, that's all the cutoff. We're yeah. about to get. <laughs> we're, this is we we are about it's to somehow get, a long cutoff. It's the yeah. heat is long. The heat is long. And there is n- the heat is long. There is only one falsy. <laughs> Whoo! Oh no! Uh, there is only one falsy. <laughs> <laughs> and then ultimately the heel goes over. The heel goes over. <laughs> uh, so do you do you, take us through the end of the show? Yes. So please. Things happen, etc., etc. Main event: Jeff Jarrett versus Reed Bentley, who I miss dearly. This was not the main event. It wasn't the main event. You're right. It was not the main event. That match the, the also took place. The main event was Drake, Drake Younger and, uh, versus BJ Whitmer. Yeah. The disgraced BJ Whitmer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the, the disgraced Drake, Drake Younger. Drake Younger yeah. Wow. The, 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 the main disgraced. event. 
disgrace. Well, I have no problems about continuing on with this. Um, let's talk about some more disgrace. Um, the match is going on. Now, I'm sitting in the back, watching, waiting, experiencing. Um, now, the match is going on over in the distance. I see Ian Rotten shuffling away from Jeff Jarrett. I see Jeff Jarrett forcefully coming up on Ian Rotten. He's yelling at him. I don't give a fuck what you have to say. I want my motherfucking money. Ian turns around. Jeff, I promise you, just give me a minute. I'm going to get you your money. No! Give me my motherfucking money. I came all the way here. You're not going to fuck me. Give me my motherfucking money. The match that's happening in the ring no longer matters to me. I am, <laughs> I am fully invested and tuned in into the match that is happening backstage. I know how it's going to end if it gets physical, and I really thought it was going there because Jeff Jarrett looked like he was about... If he had a weapon, he would have killed Ian Rotten right then and there. Now... Okay, question. Yes. How exposed is this backstage area? So, okay, this is... Um, at the time, IWA had like a wood, like a wooden entrance, like a set. It wasn't very big, it wasn't very long, and there was this one, like the black curtain to hold it, right? You come from behind it or whatever, there is, if I'm facing the curtain, there's steps because there was an upstairs to the, the dressing room, like you could change up there. And then there were two rooms, there was an office on the left hand side, and then because it was a roller rink, the side to the right was just like this open area where when the roller rink is open, that's where they give you your skates. So it's open, but no one is backstage. Everyone is kind of watching the show. Other people have left, whatever the case may be. There are some people upstairs, but they can't hear the commotion that's going on. Okay. Um, so at this moment, I am the only person experiencing this, which is why um, these details are so important. No one really can tell this part of the story because no one else was there except for me in this moment. So from my perspective, so the main event is the disgraced BJ Whitmer versus the disgraced uh, Drake Younger. This is Drake's farewell to Mid-South as he has been shined. Shined. Shined, shined up real nice. Signed. Turn that son bitch sideways. Signed to go be a referee in WWE before becoming a conspiracy theorist right-wing cuck. Um, so, this is his farewell to Mid-South and it's him and BJ Whitmer. Ian is trying to, like, push me pretty decently, obviously, so he goes, yeah, we're gonna do this thing where after the match, you come out and you cut a promo on Drake and you kind of like bop him around a little bit. And Whitmer makes the save. Sets up you and Whitmer for the next show. You and Whitmer leave. And then then Drake can actually truly say his goodbye. And so I think to myself, okay, cool. This is a good spot to be in. This is a great fucking chance for me, right? Yeah. So, and on top of that, the, the Jeff Jarrett, the Global Force thing, you know, whatever. And I know that he said earlier that he liked my match. But I'm sitting here thinking, okay, he liked the match. But if he can see me talk. Like, my bread and butter is a fucking promo guy, yeah. right? If he could see me and hear me actually cut a fucking promo, maybe I'll get a fucking spot on these Global Force shows, okay? So I'm getting ready to go out there, and I'm looking around to see where Jeff is. So I can be like, hey, man, is there any chance you could watch this and then, you know, give me critiques afterwards? And I can't find him, I can't find him, I can't find him, you know, whatever. And all of a sudden, he comes, like, 
power walking through. So I don't know exactly where this lines up with your viewpoint of it, but he comes. I want to feel. I want to say that you were outside because there was a back exit. Okay. Behind the areas that I'm uh, explaining, you can yeah. also leave, and people will be out there smoking, whatever. So I feel like that's where you were because I know that you weren't on the other side of the curtain because you had to do the, the uh, yeah, afterwards. Yeah. yeah. So. So, but I eventually I do see him, and he is angrily walking, and I just go. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Jarrett, and he literally, hand in my face as he's walking, hits me with like the, the wolf uh, pose or whatever, the Matt Cage pose even, in my face <laughs> as he's walking, and just goes, and keeps going. And I was like, alright man, I was, I, I, I don't know what the fuck that was, I just wanted to ask him to watch my fucking promo, dude. So, uh, the, the match ends or whatever, I get my cue, I go out, I do my promo... It gets a decent enough reaction. I do the little bit with Whitmer, and I sell off, and I am leaving. As I am rolling out of the ring and, like, walking towards the entranceway, being like, ah, you BJ Whitmer, fuck you, blah, 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 blah. I can hear just indiscriminate noise coming from behind the curtain. Like, just that, like, like, yelling and screaming. I'm like, don't know what that is. I walk through the curtain. And I see and hear Jeff Jarrett screaming at anyone that he can visually make contact with. Where's my motherfucking money? I want my fucking money. And I'm like standing directly, like the curtain is up against my back. And I'm like, oh, this ain't great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the way to the stairs is blocked by somebody. Now, you saw the, the glasses incident, and I believe I did too. Mm-hmm. The glasses incident comes right after this. Okay. So I'm standing there for just a second. I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm not involved. I don't know what's going on right now. I do this remember. Tom, Tom absolutely said, what the fuck did I miss? Yeah. Because it was, this all happened, this portion happened very quickly. And it's so funny because so much happened. So while he's still yelling, where's my motherfucking money? Fucking Bentley starts. And now more people, they, the commotion yes. is being heard. So now it's starting to fill up. Reed Bentley, who was his opponent earlier, he walks up. What's wrong, Jeff? He's fuck you. You all fucked me. Or it was fuck you. You fucked me. You all fucked me. And keep in mind, at this point, myself and everyone else, we're just standing there. <laughs> and so I'm. I actually, I think I might have been the one blocking the steps because oh, the whole time. Him. Here's the thing: the whole time I had already been sitting on the steps because you could see through like the little area. I could still see the match. I feel like I was the one sitting on the steps, just blocking it. I just watching. And so Bentley's that or whatever, and Je- or Bentley's like, "What are you talking about? I I have no clue what you're talking about." And he just he points at Reed Bentley and he goes, "You're his cocksucker," and points at Ian <laughs> because Bentley at the time was Ian's like, like right hand man yeah. basically, and uh, so Ian's like, "Jeff, I promise you there was just a little issue," and he said, "No, fuck this." Karen walks up at the same time that Karen walks up. Ian's son John Calvin walks up. John Calvin is trying to, for whatever reason, I don't know what he was going to accomplish at this point, probably like 14, 15 years old. Yeah, I don't know what he was going to do, but he was like, relax, it's going to be taken care of. John Calvin had these like, well, I don't know, maybe they were real, but he had like these glasses on and Jeff Jarrett just takes the glasses off of his face and goes, I'm taking these. <laughs> now, at approximately this time, I am not able <laughs> <laughs> Brayden might be done. <laughs> I don't know how much he was going to get 
Brandon for, must become for those glasses for a child's possibly prescription glasses. So around this time, I'm like, oh fuck, I can't get to the upstairs. I can't go back out through the curtain. I can't get to the outside parking lot. I I don't. Where do I go? There's a door to my one side, and I go, oh thank God, an exit of some sort. I slide my way over to it. I walk in. I turn around. And it's the room in the skating rink where they store all the skates. So I turn around, and it is 40 shelves, top to bottom, of just roller skates. And there is Congo Kong and Shane Mercer. Also, I believe Disgrace Congo Kong. But two of the more big, strong, intimidating fucking people on the scene at this point, especially on the roster. And I was talking, I go, guys. And uh, I think it was uh, Congo Kong just goes... This is bad. And Shane goes, it's really bad. And all three of us, like, just huddled in there amongst the skates, hiding for a few minutes. But like, wait. As bad more. as it was, it gets <laughs> worse. Oh, my God. So keep Buddy. in mind, I did mention that as John Calvin walked up, Karen Angle also walked up at the same time. She had no clue what was going on because she was selling her 8x10s. Those valued, cherished 8 by 10s Don't worry, gold. Jeff. I made all of our money back <laughs> well, in the 8 by 10 She came to the back. Well, what's going on, Jeff? They didn't fucking pay us. They fucked me. They didn't give me my motherfucking money. Karen immediately enraged and also probably embarrassed, as I'm sure she remembered. Just a few moments prior, she had said how amazing this operation was. Two local Z-list celebrity Christian Rose. <laughs> At minimum, Z list. If there was no um, letters past if there was a letter past Z, it would be you. <laughs> it it saying, oh list. my god! <laughs> it you could go to double A. There's a new letter called J-E-double-A. Tom. J-E-double-A. <laughs> <laughs> um, Karen Angle, immediately enraged by this, decides that she is going to take matters into her own hands. She it's shoot season, brother. She storms through the curtain as Drake Younger is giving his farewell to the indie speech to his. IWA Midwest fans and family and friends. She comes up to the ring. Drake Younger has absolutely no idea what has been going on backstage because everything he's in the that we ring. just described has happened in approximately 120 seconds. Maybe, okay, yeah. I would say it probably. Well, from when you got to the back, yes. Yeah, that's the what start. I'm yeah. Start to this point. Yeah, maybe five minutes. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Now, Drake sees Karen Angle walking up to the ring. He's, oh man, I just, I, I'm gonna miss y'all so much. She reaches for the microphone. Drake Younger probably thinks, well, Karen Angle's about to put me over. I know for a fact. Oh, <laughs> he says it afterwards. Okay. So he literally stops mid sentence, looks at her, gives her the microphone. Bet you can't guess what happened when she took the mic. Tells everyone everything. I just want everyone to know that Ian Rotten's a piece of shit. He runs a shit show company and doesn't pay people after he books them and reneges on their uh, agreed upon payment and rips people off and, like, just absolutely rips into him, rips into the company, rips into the wrestlers, rips into the crowd, throws the mic back in the ring, goes to the back. Awkward, long silence. Drake then does pick up the microphone and say, well, I don't know what the, that was all about. I thought she was coming out here to put me over. Oh, yes. Well, I anyways, <laughs> and goes right back into his speech as if nothing has happened. <laughs> also, somewhere in the midst of all this, while Jeff Jarrett is screaming, you all fucked me, the guy that was the ring announcer, I remember oh, this God. so clearly. 
He goes, you fuck me. You all fuck me. And the one guy just goes, I'm just the ring announcer. And he, Jeff just goes, you fuck me. <laughs> like, Where's that ring announcer? He tried to fuck on me. He tried to fuck on me. Snaps his arm and finger like a fucking bullwhip. And he's Indiana Jones at this guy. So, that is the end of that portion. Um, we have to make our exit. We. I also think that it is worth pointing out. Again, Christian Rose and I, at no point, have ever been owed money by Jeff Jarrett. So, we have already received our envelopes, and it's, time to, it's time to fucking deuces and let's hit the road. Because at this point, I'm worried that Jeff's going to ask for my money. Yeah, did, no. Did or your glasses, the, at minimum. <laughs> did we drop the line that he yelled at Bentley? You're his cocksucker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah. I missed it, sorry. Um, you're part. his cocksucker. He literally, and Bentley... <laughs> anyway... So we it's leave. the thing where it's like, how do you respond? You know what I mean? In this situation, this guy is absolutely fucking losing his shit. And Bentley's just kind of like, I don't know what, like... He had no clue what was going on. So, and at this point, I don't think anyone knew. I don't know if Jeff knew uh, what was going on afterwards. I bet you he didn't get his pay. You know what? I don't know. I bet you he didn't. But, does not matter. Because yeah. we move on. And I mean, we move on to the really, really intense... Deep heat. Worth noting. Trip. At this point, is there had... a comeback to this trip? Not or... really. No. Uh, there is a falsy. This this. Jeff did get his money. He did. He, he wouldn't leave. Somebody had to like. I think it was Bentley had to pay him like out of personal funds. Really? I thought it was they had because we were a... long gone. I thought the end of that story is they managed to gather from everybody and like PayPal him. Yeah. To get him to calm the fuck down. Because I thought he was gone. Before we were, I I, I I don't know. And to be uh, fair, um, I mean, to be fair, is also worth pointing out. He has every right to be upset because I'm sure his oh, yeah. asking price at that point was so, not cheap. No. Did Global Force Gold happen just to recoup losses from this weekend between Ian Payday and Karen not selling twelve hundred dollars worth of eight by tens? Do you think that they were like preemptively starting a promotion because they knew they were going to take a hit? They were taking <laughs> a bath on it. And it's like we, Ian yeah, Rotten versus Global Force team. Wrestling. Yes. Um, so we leave. We we get on the road. We're coming from fucking mid to southern Indiana. I, it driving might have back actually to, just been Louisville. I think it might have just been Louisville. Maybe. Um, we have to look it up at some point. But, but we drive back. We have to go back to Davenport, Iowa. Um, oh, I'm actually... You start this. I'm actually going to look. Okay, thank you. Uh, how so, far it is. So we, we load up all of our shit. We say our goodbyes. We, you know, talk to everyone about the absolute insanity of the fucking evening. Uh, we get in the car, and we're on our trip home. And I want to say it was about a six to seven hour, somewhere in that range. Clarksville, Indiana. Clarksville, Indiana. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to look to see. Which I think is a, a suburb, maybe, of, of Louisville? It's says, like right across the river. It says right permanently river. closed down. Oh, shit. The town or the jammers? The town. <laughs> jammers. The town. Oh, okay. Close it down. So we are in the car. And we get about 35 to maybe 40 minutes into the trip. Now, hold on. I'm, I just wanted to point okay. this out. Yes, please. From the Jammers Roller Dome yes. to Davenport, Iowa, is a six-hour and nine-minute trip. Oh. Okay. Now, that sounds that it's sounds like... shitty, but it's not that bad, considering, especially at that In the point, Midwest. what we were doing right. at that time period, a lot more than six hours. But right. this is very valuable uh, information for this trip. 
What would you say the trip was when we were going to Journey? That's that's six and change. Okay. Yeah. Six so hours. Comparable. Six yeah. hours. Now we are leaving Mid South. It's probably somewhere. Actually, in the maybe city. even longer. Honestly, that's probably a six and thirty, six and forty. Yeah. Yeah. It is a six-hour trip. We're leaving IWA at some point between let's say let's say eleven p.m. and midnight. Let's just give it that. Yep. You know, theoretically speaking, we are home comfortably by seven. Now, just because I've made like that trip, that type, that long yep. of a trip several times, does not mean I've made it after experiencing a tenth also, of what you've already. But gone here's through. the thing: also, we're good is, at this point. We're, everything's okay. fine. We're okay. tired. We're tired for sure. This is day right. three of wrestling. Absolute insanity has happened, but you know what? This is the life. We're riding a high because right. we've just witnessed a lot of shit. We've had great matches. Yes. So there's a lot to talk about. The car ride home is going to be very enjoyable. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wrong. Okay. Wrong. Damn it. Hard wrong. So Damn. we are approximately about a 35 to 45 minutes That's into the trip. That's a hope spot right there. Yes. <laughs> the hope spot was all of the events that took place. Also, really quickly... We stopped at the same gas station before you guys left for Louisville. Hmm. And you and I parted ways, said goodbye, whatever. And I'm like, all right, have fun in Louisville. He's like, yeah, and you're, I almost remember you being like, yeah, nice guy to fill up his tire. There's something fucky with it. It should be fine. I go, do you guys want to, like, maybe not drive that car? And you're like, nah, it should be fine. Oh, so it's my fault. Yes. Uh, yeah. No, it's Knight's fault. All yeah. roads. On, honestly, it's it's Knight's fault. Uh, so we are barely all into the journey three. back home, and all of a sudden, boom! Oh shit! That shitty tire gave up the ghost. <laughs> but so, there's nothing wrong with that. That's we fine. are all capable. We are able to change a tire. Peel over to the side of the highway. We put on the donut. Think okay. This is going to slow us down a bit because obviously you're supposed to, you know, take it easy on the donut. It will bare minimum. It will get us back to Davenport. It will get us to home. Wrong. Hard wrong. Another hope's not. Now. Not much further after that. By the way, so thirty to forty-five minutes into the, the six-hour journey, change it to the donut. I think it was about another forty-five yeah. minutes, hour at best. After that, we hit this pothole. That. Could have been used to hide a number of bodies. Out of nowhere, fuck you, Indiana. The donut pops. Yeah. We are south of Indianapolis. We peel over to the side of the road. The donut has popped. Cage, if you would. The donut pops. It's dark as fuck. There's no lights in this particular part of the interstate. Um, so we have to pull over. We have no plan of attack. We're looking to see where the nearest anything is. Everything is a considerable distance either way. I believe one of us called... Uh, We're also all rotating charger to phone because there's, you know, one charger... One charger, and we're fucking hopping around on that shit. Yeah. I happen to see on the social medias that Pocket Volcano is traveling with one Ruby Soho back south from a show in northern Indiana. And we're all putting out there, SOS, we're stranded on the fucking, you know, whatever. PV says, hey, what do you need, how can I help, you know, whatever. I, doing some Googling searching, you know, we're all fucking trying to figure this shit out. 
There is a Walmart about a 15 to 20 minute drive away from us. It has an automotive center that sells tires. Doesn't open until 7 a.m. though. But by this point, it it's is like, an hour. It's like two. With this, the tire, the donut burst probably like two in the morning. Yeah. Mm. So maybe, maybe I got my donut popped late at night too. Yeah, that's a yeah. lot of personal information a, that I needed to <laughs> <laughs> I had a crazy high school experience. Yeah. Um, so they they agree to um, come assist. So they're gonna come to us, but wherever they're at versus where we're at, we have to wait for them. So it takes some time. We wait. We wait. We take the donut off and put the car on the on the jack. So now we're sitting in the dark cold with this car running to keep us warm. Mm. For hours. They finally get to us. At this point, it's, give or take, 5 o'clock in the morning? It's, it's slightly later, and I only know that for one specific reason. It's past 6. When they get, when they came to get you? Yes. Okay. So, I do remember, the, the reason why I point this out, if it's 5, 6, I remember this, the sun still had yet to come up. Yeah. So they get to the car. Tom says that he will go with them to get a new tire. I think you and Knight. It's me and Knight. Tom and Knight go to get a new tire with PV, and I can't remember if Dory was still in the car with you. Yeah, she was. Okay, so... Because then part of the other issue was she had a shoot job that she needed to fucking yes. get back to. So we're so, trying to do all of this as fast as we fucking can. So they leave. Me and Malachi are, we stay in the car. Um, maybe an hour and a half goes by. They get back. The sun has now risen. So it's... Pause if you would. We'll come. We leave. We have this... We, we don't take the donut. We take the full-size rim yeah. with the, the blown-out tire. And we go to this Walmart. They have an automotive department. They sell tires. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, cool. All we need... All we need is a tire. Just put a tire on this wheel. We'll go back. We'll put it on the car ourselves... You know, we've already removed and yeah. this, that, and the other. I don't care anymore. Please just give us a tire. We are there. At this point, it is 6.50. And the person at the, in the automotive department goes, yeah, we don't open till 7. And I go, okay. Is there any way that you could just take 10 minutes to help us? Because we are literally straight at the side of the fucking interstate. And the guy literally looks at me and just goes, Nah, I can't do it. The system doesn't turn on until we open. We open at 7. That's not true. I know that's not true. We all know that's not I'm like, okay. So I pace around this Walmart for the 10 of the longest minutes of my life. I come back, and I, we have the wheel in the store, by the way. And so finally, 6.59, click, 7. I go, hey, guy, mind putting a tire on this? He goes, yeah, okay. Takes the wheel, walks to the back, comes back out and goes, yeah, I can't do it. And I go, what? Why? And he goes, oh, the rim is bent. You know, if we put the tire on it, then we're like liable for it. And I go, do you have anything we can sign that says you're not liable for it? We just got to get home. And he goes, nah, can't do it with the, the rim being bent. And I go, where is it bent? And he shows me. And when I say it's bent, like if you were to put a little bit of pressure on this can, it's yeah. like that. And I go, okay, that's it? And he goes, yeah. And I go, so if I were to fix that myself. And the whole time, Knight is just stressed out like all of us. And he's the one footing the bill for this shit. And, you know, PV stand there and Dory's worried about getting to her job on time. And I go, if I were to fix that dent, could you then put a fucking tire on this thing that we are paying for, by the way? 
And he goes, yeah. And I go, do you have a hammer? So this guy brings me a fucking mallet, like a steel mallet. And at 7.02 in this Walmart, I am bracing one foot on this fucking tire wheel and beating the ever-living Christ out of this fucking wheel until I have actually made it a perfect circle. And I pick it up and set it down on the desk where the, the you know the register and everything is, and I just go, thunk, can you put a tire on it now? And this fucking asshole looks at it and goes, yeah, that looks okay. They go to the back. They, Tom is pissed off all over again. I love I, it. I love dude, it. remembering it is enraging me because I'm like, just be a decent person and realize that we need help. I'm not asking you to do fucking push-ups. I'm asking you to take 10 minutes out of your... You're already here! What the fuck are you going to do? Like, so... <laughs> God damn it! All of this is getting live texted to me as this is occurring, by the way. It's fantastic. Ooh. So, he comes back. Finally, he has the fucking tire on the wheel. I'm like, oh, thank Christ. Our ticket home. Night pays the guy. We get to the fucking car. Now, herein lies the next wrinkle in this. Oh, God damn. We are northbound on an interstate. We are not at a rest stop or an exit. Um, PV, Dory, and I think Sage was with at the time. They are southbound on the interstate. We have already inconvenienced all of these people. So we say, you know what? When we see where that car is at, just pull over to the side... Me and Knight will get out, we will carry the tire, we will hoof it across eight lanes of traffic. And we'll do this ourselves so that you don't have to fucking loop around, loop around, and, and eat another 40 fucking minutes of your day. Got it. And then God said, rain. And it fucking is pouring. Pouring. And PV, to her credit, is like, are you sure this is... And I'm, I'm, I, at this point, I have lost... I am untethered. Right. Every nerve that I have is dead. Every ambition that I have is gone. I only want to get to my house and die. So I go, yeah, everything's, yes, yes, we good, we good, we got it. They pull over, me and Knight get out, I am carrying this fucking wheel. We hoof it across eight lanes of fucking interstate traffic at about 7.45-ish maybe in the morning, which is not good we get back to the fucking car. Now, back to you. <laughs> Joining in progress here. Um, also, pointing this out too, because that is another detail that I did forget about, but this will not be the last time that someone crosses the interstate. Fuck no, it ain't. Now, Tom and Knight get back with new tire. Malachi and I are in the car now freezing because we realize we can't keep the car on the entire time because we'll kill the battery. <laughs> like um, We were going to run out of gas, too. That, too. Um, I think we wound up going to sleep. We woke up. It's freezing. We're like, uh, it's how long? Like It's been such Didn't a long time. Did a cop time. come over, too? They did, a cop did come, and they're like, what are you doing? We're, like, we're waiting. This is the situation. Da-da-da-da-da. Um, so they get back. It is pour, like pouring down rain. Tom is so, like, amped up and enraged. Knight felt so horrible. Knight was like, I'll do it. Tom was like, no, I'll do it. We'll get it done. Like, da-da-da-da-da. So, they start changing the tire. People are, now we're on the fucking shoulder. No one in the rain is switching lanes to get around from what is happening. So, we're changing this tire with, like, trucks and cars and shit going by us. 
in the fucking within, within, storm. In, in the rain, in the storm, like within feet of our bodies. Tom, yeah, it sucks. Tom yeah. has at this moment now pausing here as well. At this point, you and I have been traveling and have been friends for about five years. Yeah. At this point, I have seen Tom have some breakdowns over stupid shit. I've seen Tom have a breakdown because the ice cream machine at the fucking Mattoon McDonald's was not working and he wanted the fucking ice cream. I wanted that fucking shake. Yes, the shake. I've seen fits over these things. I've seen fits over... I have never seen Tom throw a fit like he threw in the rain, waving wildly and yelling screaming, passing Screaming traffic. at strangers. Screaming at strangers in cars. Now these traffic... Wandering into the lane to just be like, what the fuck is wrong? Like, I, I... It might be the most untethered I've ever been. Malachi and I are in the car. Malachi. <laughs> Malachi is shocked. Malachi at this moment is actually worried because he thinks Tom has like legitimately. What, what was it? Was it the quote? What was it that he said? It was just like, "Here it is. He's finally lost." Yes. It. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he looks out the window like he, like he's laying here retired. He looks out the window, looks back at me, looks back at Tom. And I think Tom's finally lost it. Now I am also so drenched. Yeah, the, like, the, I can't stress how heavy the rain was. If if I had been dunked in a pool and held down, it, it was like that. Okay, so like my shoes are ruined. Oh, oh, it's all fucked. Like, so we the the tire gets finished. They put it on. We all take a minute to recalibrate. Re- come down, talk about it. Tom. Uh, Tom was like. Before we go, I gotta tell you what happened. He tells us what happened at Walmart, all these things. We take a picture in this moment of like, this has been the worst trip. And when we complete, I will probably, when Tom takes back over talking, I will look for this picture. But we take a picture. We have survived Hell Trip that we have not named yet. It's over. Let's get back home. You're south of Indianapolis at this point. But wait, there is more. We make it to about Peoria, if I recall. It's a little it's south. Approximately of, Peoria. It's a little south of Peoria. Another tire pops. I don't remember which one. It is a red. I don't either. But another I know, tire. I know. Sure, shit wasn't that yes, new it wasn't one. Because it was on the most round rim possible. <laughs> another tire pops. At this point, we've now all officially lost it. I remember specifically... Me and Knight just laughing hysterically because what are the fucking odds? <laughs> like, how is that possible? So the tire pops, the donut pops, and then another tire pops. Yes. You know, thankfully I only have about like an hour and a half ish, maybe two tops. Traffic is shitty going home right now, and I'm feeling very anxious with the story after after we wrap this one up. Oh, it is Christ. so. At this point, you we're pay trying. Forward, to... motherfucker! If I blow a tire, you're coming to get me. I at this point, we are trying to figure out. Well, what is the next plan of attack? Because we once again have no tire to put on. At this point, Knight just decides. Okay, whatever we do now, it just doesn't matter. There's no point in trying to drive home because maybe right. another to like. There's just no point. At this point, we're somewhere in the early afternoon. Of the next of the next of Monday, we've been gone since Friday. 
We are supposed to be home by six, seven. We should have been home in Davenport by the time that they got back with the tire. Yeah. So, uh, we are trying to figure out the plan Also, of we were driving slow after yeah. we put the new tire on out of fear, and it still failed us. Yes. It might have not even been morning. It might have been early. It might have been like late morning, early afternoon, somewhere in that vicinity. So, we try and recalibrate. What's going to happen? What are we going to do? Da, 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 da. Um... Called for a we tow call truck. yes night calls for a tow truck and we also hit up uh, a friend of ours at the time Austin Advent another yep. wrestler that we had known um, who and lived we also in hit Peoria. up Donnie yes and Donnie who is the one are, who we are taking now a shotgun approach we're like let's we need to plan to get back yep. to Davenport without problems so we call Austin Advent who lives in Peoria is there some way that you can come get us so that we're not stuck in this fucking um, car and also they have to tow the car. We all can't go in the tow truck, um, whatever the case may be. He says that he has to get off work at X amount of time, but he will come get us. We call Donnie Gunner Franks to ask him if he can then come get us from Austin Advent's place and drive us and drive back us back to, to Davenport. He says yes, um, but he also is doing something. Something so there is more time that we have to wait. Knight gets the tow truck. At this point, we now have a plan to get back home. So we but, we breathe, but wait, there's still more. While we are waiting on the tow truck to arrive, myself and Mr. Cage decide we need water, we need to piss, we need we we need to exist, basically. <laughs> oh look! Over there on the horizon, not far from where this vehicle has failed us yet again, a rest stop. Why don't we walk there? Maybe we can get some snacks from a vending machine and mm-hmm. feel like human beings. So we go to the rest area. We've yeah, crossed yeah. the interstate. Tom gets some snacks. He gets some stuff. I have to go to the bathroom. I've been holding it since we left fucking damn Indiana or whatever. Yeah. So I go. I got to take a shit. I'm going to take a shit. I'll meet you back at the car. I do my business. I get some snacks. I am. <laughs> How long is this time frame now for when you first had to shit till? It's been a long time. It's been a it's been a long time. I do remember. This is impressive. I do remember specifically, like when we were standing, we we're on the side of the road waiting for them to get back. I know I pissed or whatever the case may be. Yeah, like no sure. problem, right? Fucking. But it has been some time. Now, I finish. I get my shit. I'm ready to cross the road. Get back to the car. As I'm standing there waiting for traffic to stop. A car drives by and throws a bag of trash at me. (laughs) What the fuck? And when I say trash, I also don't know what was in the trash. Or was it what was in the bag? Because I I didn't open it. It was closed. But they did throw a bag of something at me. And it hit me in the chest. And in that moment, I just look down at the bag. I have no clue. It's, it's a black bag, too. So I don't even know what's in it. It could have been anything. Could have been shit. Could have been a bag of piss. Could have been a, could have been a bag of fucking used heroin needles. Could have been anything. I don't know. Could be a bag of piss. It could have exploded a like a bag water balloon. Of piss. Anything. So I stand there. I'm looking at the bag. And I'm, again, we've, lo- we've all lost it. We're trying to... Be positive we, in this we, moment. Everyone involved at this point is coming back from no. <laughs> you you guys have snapped three times. Yeah, so far. Yeah. So I stand there. I I just 
reconsider everything, all of my life's choices that have brought me to this point. Then I realize I just got to get back to the other side of the road. So I cross the road. I get back. I am so defeated in this moment. Now. Tom looks at, hold on. I I get in the car. I sit down. Tom looks back at me because I'm just quiet. When we walked across the street, we're talking, we're we're trying to be back in good energy. He looks at me and he said, Cage, man, are you all right? His reaction is laughter just now when I told you that they threw trash at me. Is I said the same thing. I said, someone threw trash at me. <laughs> I'm in the worst moments of my life in this moment. Yeah. That's what I get from Tom. This is my God. best friend, y'all. But Tow truck arrives. That's so insane. Tow truck arrives, and we're like, so we have a friend that's going to pick us up when he's off work, but like, are we... What do we do? Do we just stand out here at the road or whatever? Guy says, "No, we can, we can. You can go back to the, the shop or whatever. I'm towing the car to. You don't have all the room in the cab. Me and Cage ride in the car on the tow truck. Wait, like a <laughs> flatbed. Yeah, mm-hmm. like he winches it up I'm onto. The... Surprised they allowed you to do that. I am too. Sure. Yeah. I remember Perfect. being in the car and You're saying, fast what if we roll here? off the fucking back of this motherfucker? <laughs> I think at that point, I was just like, I don't care. Like, let it fucking ha- let give Let death come over me like a soft, warm blanket. Like, Jesus. fucking... And, and so then, like, Malachi... I don't want to be around anymore. I don't want to be around anymore. And so, like, Malachi and I are in the cab. So we get to this, you know, automotive shop or, you know, whatever... And we are then told, okay, so a time frame on getting another tire on this fucking car. And for reasons that I cannot fucking fathom, they go, yeah, it's going to be like tomorrow or the day after at best. And even then, I'm like, that doesn't track. But you know what? I, I can't care. I can't. I just can't. <laughs> so Austin Advent shows up. If I recall this correctly, please, or if I get this wrong, please correct me. I feel like Austin showed up at about the same time as Donnie. He did. So he was rendering, wasting his time. Yeah, rendering everything. Now he didn't. Austin didn't have a lot of distance to go to, um, to get to us, especially right. at that point. But it was he, he's out like an hour. He tops. was he was out that time, but he was going to be out worse had he come to get us where we were originally. Right. Um. But what I do remember is that we did all stop for a second. And if I recall correctly, we did go back to his place. Yeah, for like for twenty like, or thirty. Minutes. Yeah, for just a little bit. Um, and I th- actually, what it was, we went back to his place because Knight stayed to figure out what was going to happen with the car. Right. That's what it was. So, so then, okay, then the big swerve was it was Knight was the guy that was like, yeah, they said it's going to be a day to two days. <laughs> well, Donnie's on his way to still pick us up to get back to Davenport. Got it. About at the. At, Approximately the time that Donnie arrives, the shop calls and says, "Oh yeah, we got your car. It's done." So instead of you know a day or two days, it was an hour, an hour or some shit. And so we're at Austin's house, and it's like, "Oh, all right." So we we go back to the shop. Like Austin took us there. Donnie met us there, if I recall correctly, mm-hmm. right? I or did he meet us at Austin's place? I believe he met us actually i do believe he came with us to advent okay whichever way that this ended up working out ultimately at the end of this uh malachi and knight get in the car and me and cage get in the truck with donnie because i think at this point i was like if i ever see that fucking cavalier again 
I, I, I will destroy it in every, any capacity. And we get back to Davenport. At this point, by the time we get back to Davenport, it is 8-something p.m. Oh, my, my, Jesus Christ. Now! We get back, and I decide I need comfort. And at the time, I didn't have money. None of us had money. Okay? I ordered about $30 worth of Chinese food. Which is the part of this that I remember being, at this point, the only positive coming from the end of this. As impossible as it sounds, at this time, I really wasn't drinking. Hmm. Because I flat out could not afford it. But this day, I fucking could. So I got some beers. I got about $30 of Chinese food. And we decided we're going to watch The Wolf of Wall Street and go to bed and never wake up. Now, this is my own personal button at the end of this story. And then if you have yours, you can you can buy all Oh, I know what part you're about to tell. As I am picking up this Chinese food and I am ready to just eat, drink, watch a great film and let my body heal. I see that I have a, call, a missed call from Justice Jones on my phone. And I go, huh? Didn't even know he had my number. Didn't know I had his. Mm. I try to call him back. No answer. Okay. I get my food. I get back to the house. Take a shower. Maybe the best shower of my fucking life. I get out of the shower. I put on comfy pants. I'm like, all right, Chinese food time. Miss the Chinese call, food was amazing. Missed call from Justice Jones. I'm like, Call him back. Yeah? Yeah, hey, Rose? Uh-huh. Hey, are you busy? No. What's up, man? He goes, yeah, I just want to talk to you about something real quick. And I go, okay. He says, uh, so Danny's booking me. I'm going to start working at AEW soon. And I go, yeah? Cool? <laughs> he goes, I just want to make sure that, like, there's no problem with, like, you, me, or, like, your people. And I go, what are you talking about? And he goes, like, just sharing a locker room or whatever. And I go, dude, I don't I don't work there. Danny, Danny has fired me twice. <laughs> what? I don't understand. Like, in all sincerity, I don't know what, what, what do you, what do you mean? And he goes, I just don't want there to be any issue between, like, you and your gang and me. And I go, one, I don't have a gang. I have friends. Past that. I don't work there. Danny has fired me twice. Mm. We are not sharing a locker room. or We are not sharing that locker room. Again, is there something I can do for you? Why, like, what do you mean? He goes, I just want to make sure that, like, your people and me are cool. And I go, I don't have people. <laughs> like, I was, I was so confused and just pissed off. And this is after, yeah. after everything else. I was like, this, this can't be. This I can't have this conversation. Why? Why did you even entertain this phone call in the first place? Like, miss, fuck it. Like, no, this can wait. Fuck Be it. Because it was so completely out of left field. Part of me was like, I think it was that thing where I was like, what morbid it, it, curiosity? Correct. Yeah. Where I was like, I don't know what this person needs to speak to me about. And guess what? It was but nothing. Still, after all of that, no, no fucking way. I will not answer my phone for like a week. Uh, oh my god! God damn it! So, Fuck that drive! So, we finish our Chinese food, we watch The Wolf of Wall Street, we briefly recap the events of the entire trip, 
and we went to sleep. Wow. The next day, I do remember we got back together again <laughs> and talked about everything from a clear mind now. Yeah. And we all were just in the grins of like, there, at that point for me, I'd had a lot of wild, fucked trips. I used to travel regularly with the hooligans, and a lot of things would happen. I traveled with Ian. A lot of things happened. Mm. Uh, my initial trip that I took from Las Vegas to Atlanta to go train Jesus. for wrestling, a long trip, that trip was originally my hell trip because it was very similar mm. in situation of I had two flat tires happen during my trip. And it fucked me over, and I, I hadn't even started wrestling yet, and it's, it's just what I want to do with my life. Knowing that this trip surpassed that in every imaginable way, with the bad, but also the good, because at this point now, that was April of 2014, so we're coming up on 10 years of that. Yeah. It is a story that you said you have not even heard in full. Yeah. And... A lot of people have not heard it in full, but it is a story where there's so much, the quotes, the things that happened, da 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 that people who are not even involved in it know about it. At this point now, it makes it all worth it because like, <laughs> these are the stories that you hear these other, these people who have been wrestling for 60 years talk about, and you remember this shit? What, yeah. Like, one of the things that, like, Meg kind of touched on, too, that we didn't even, like, get to... The whole time, we are, again, charging our phones off and on as, as much as we can through this one Cavalier port, but we're constantly on Twitter. We're constantly texting people, constantly updating people, and we did actually have people say, like, I, at least I had, like, responses that were like, do you need help? What's going mm -hmm. on? Do you, you know, whatever, which is fucking great and awesome, and I love all of that, and fucking God bless PV for bailing us out on that. Because otherwise... She really is the... Her, Donnie, and Advent are for sure the MVPs of... Big time. Yeah. Because <clears throat> otherwise, we would have had to carry that fucking wheel, like, 16 miles or some shit to get to that Walmart. You know, like, it just wouldn't have fucking happened. Uh, just... Oh, my God. It, it's one of those things where it's like, when, when people talk about, like, having it hard now in wrestling, I'm like, you don't have a fucking goddamn clue. Like... I, you know, and that's not me doing that whole, like, back in my day shit. It's just, like, if I don't know a group of people that could go through that trip and come out of it after just a, 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 a succulent Chinese meal and a hard sleep as <laughs> well as we did. democracy manifest. Big time. It, it's just, like, man, like, holy it's, Christ. It is, it is one of the few occasions uh, of anything that's happened in wrestling where... It reassured me that you have to be headstrong and in mass to take on anyone. To take on anyone, yes, but to yes. take on anything that is thrown your way to succeed in wrestling. Because ultimately, in the grand scheme of things, if you look at it from the perspective that we have just explained, like what our mindsets were going into, like, oh, we want to impress Jeff Jarrett because we're trying to better ourselves. We're trying to do more we're trying to succeed at pro wrestling we're doing all of this to succeed where we're impress jeff jarrett now yes i did say i got the fucking paychecks from global force wrestling when i did wind up getting booked but global force fuck wrestling, you i didn't get shit from nothing nothing happened with global force wrestling no, of course not it was a i got the paycheck 
Global Force Wrestling, I worked with Jay Bradley in a fucking baseball diamond in a fucking field somewhere in Wisconsin and then got stiffed by him in the middle of the match where the ring was 100,000 feet away from the fans. And I said, you don't have to hit me this hard. They can't see. And he did it again, and I punched him in his fucking face. But Good. nothing came from Global Fuck Force Wrestling. Uh, so, like, the, the people that talk about, like, their hardships in wrestling or whatever, like, everyone experiences something hardship in wrestling. Re whether you are traveling the roads and everything, or whether you are, st you know, stuck in your home promotion and that's the, where you feel the, comfortable. The physical but, toll, the mental toll. Yeah, there's right. a lot of stuff, but to do that and then come out on the other end and be like, I want to continue doing this. I want to do this this upcoming weekend after this shitty weekend that we just had. Mm -hmm. And... That is what we did. I would actually love to know. I'm I don't remember. I'm pretty positive we were booked the next week. I'm There's sure we no were. We I would love to know at that point specifically. Like, I know we were booked all the time. And I would as love to know what we were doing. As weird as it may be, I bet our attitude going into the next weekend's bookings were, it can't be as bad as last yeah. time. Like, it can only get better yeah, from here. Like, fair. Tom, so. and, Tom and Cage crawled through a river of shit and came out clean on the other side. We were very much that. You are my fucking Andy Dufresne to my fucking... Uh, <laughs> Red. Um, I couldn't, couldn't remember his actual, the full name, but yes. It's just like, red. To further exemplify your point, if you are not headstrong, then this is not where, where you, you belong. Correct. <laughs> it is very true. That was a very well done. But that is, that is Hell Trip. Um, what's also very funny about the, the explanation, because I don't know, how, how long have we been recording at this point? We're at an hour and a half. An hour and a half. Yeah. So we probably talked about it for at least an hour. Yeah. Hour and hour and fifteen Change, maybe. Yeah. So telling all of that and I feel like going in pretty mass detail about everything. I'm still willing to bet that there are small details that we've just forgotten about. Right. That oh, yeah. didn't really have a full importance to the overall trip itself. Yeah. But it is without question, still to this day, I've since I stopped wrestling and whatever the case may be, like I've had a lot of events and things, weekends or whatever that I've been a part of that have been insane and wild in this chapter of my life. It still is in the top three to five like most insane experiences of my life. I, like other people have heard bits and pieces about this before, I am really surprised how much Karen Angle is just like anchoring this weekend. Dude. She's a big, big part of it. If anything... She is. I did not know that was a double shot for Dreamwave, and then going down to triple, triple, well, whatever triple, the yeah. fucking Friday show was that I can't. I, I it was something in the quad. Honestly, it might have been SEW. I, I, think I it thought was. it was. It might have been SEW, which actually, thinking about it, if that was April of twenty fourteen, what is it? Probably was SEW. Yeah. And if not SEW, it might have been like a Quad City Dogs fucker, Pub fucker or show or something yeah, yeah, yeah. like that. And but yeah, I've heard the story, but didn't know it was back-to-back -back Dreamwave anniversary to the Mid-South show. So like all of this, we're on no sleep. We're all fucking hungover. Sore as like, fuck. Because we all, like, keep in mind, like, whatever... If like, we, he, whatever he we, worked with Ali, and I worked with Elgin. Which so means that we are doing stuff. All of it for thirty minutes, both of us. Yeah, and then and then he's working with O'Reilly, and I'm working with Danny Cannon. So both we're of doing them kick. So a we're lot sore <laughs> and hard. Yes, 
Um, Kyle O'Reilly's definitely did not hurt as much as Brandon Silver. So for, for, for that part of the, the trip, you definitely probably I got think, the shit into the stick. I think that match is the one where he gave me the Rana off the rafters. Yes, it because is. Because they had, like, the the building had, like, I-beams going over it. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he did a springboard, grabs the I-beam, like, with his hand, swings off of it like monkey bars, comes down, I catch him, he Rana's me. And it, it actually went, like, perfect. I was... I love that spot. I thought that was cool as shit. Yeah. But, like, point being that, like, we are beat up, we are sore as fuck, and we're also, like, like, this is the thing that I've gotten more in tune with, like, getting older and, like, maturing and reading more about, like, other wrestlers traveling. We're in a small car. Yeah. You know, like... A two-seater it's car. A, it's, a, it's a two-door car. Yeah. And, and it's a thing where it's, like, even if you're not a big person or tall or anything, like... If you're bunched up and cramped like that in the back of one of those for hours and hours on time, it does fucking wear on your body. Yeah. Which in this case, uh, Malachi and I were in the back because Knight was driving and you're the tallest one. So thank you. Um, I'm just matching Tom and Cavalier. Like, are you making fun of my appearance when I'm driving my automobile? <laughs> Even the very tall need to be driven to mid south. Wave like, to people. It's just kisses. <laughs> It's a lot of just details. Like, when I think about now, um, like you said, being in a car for X amount of time, like, it is not comfortable to be sitting One in those of, spaces. It's not comfortable to be just, I mean, it's just not comfortable cramped. to be doing that when, it's not comfortable doing that in general. It's definitely not comfortable to be doing that after you've just had three matches. Right. You've put yeah. in at least an hour and a half worth of time right. in the ring you haven't showered. Because, it, because at like, that point... I feel disgusting. At that point, specifically, you and me are not going short. Yeah. Like, we're if, going if we long. were given 20, the, we're going 30. We're, like, we're in the main. We're in these high-profile matches. We're expect Not not only are plus we... Plus, you were working with Ali, so time didn't matter. It did not matter. <laughs> he was I believe I, I believe I saw that, like, the match um, is uploaded to YouTube as well. It's somewhere... It's like 25 minutes long. Like, um, to be doing all of that, like, you're sitting there, like, this match... The match ends at 11. I want to shower. We don't get home until 8 p.m. the next day. I feel disgusting. Yeah. You know what I, I'm saying? I, I don't like, know how the hell you did the North Dakota trips. Those were also that, those very were, long. Those were also like, we were talking about this earlier. My back was so fucked up at that point. And he asked me earlier like about the time frame of it. It was about from 24... Like, 2015, I'd say. About the time that like... We, yeah, about 2015 until like... Or no, it was fucked up when I lived in Davenport until long after I had moved to LaSalle. So and there's like, what, there's a year and a half hours from LaSalle, something like that. Uh, w- Willingston was uh sixteen. Sixteen hours from LaSalle yeah. there. One way. Eighteen yeah. if the fucking remember the trip that we took there where it was snowing. Yeah. And I was driving down oh. that fucking yeah. uh like a mountain, in a, basically. In a rental, in like a rental in, in a yeah. rental car. Um those were the worst North Dakota trip. Was always bad. Yeah. But for me, the trip after a fucking cannon dropped me on my head yeah. and I couldn't move. Yeah. I had no feeling in my fucking right arm driving back from the fucking tip top right at Canada point of fucking that, that was, that was North in, Dakota. Uh, Willingston. Willingston. Yeah. Jesus. All the way back to fucking LaSalle, I guess, at that point. Yeah. Actually, no. It wasn't at that point I lived Were you in, in the Chi- city? I lived in Chicago okay. by that point, but like. That means I'm coming all the way back down to like Chicago. Like it's crazy, and I couldn't even move. Just, just talk about the, the snow and like one hour there, sixteen to eighteen hour trip as well. Me, 
Meg over there on her phone. And my mom made a trip, Denver, Colorado, to south suburbs of Chicago. Oof. At least stopped at a hotel, like, halfway in between. Yeah. But we got somewhere in Iowa where it was whiteout conditions. Like, We blizzard. stopped because of that. She was going through... Mom, being a fucking trooper, was, like, going through... There's fucking semi-trucks flipped over yeah. in the ditches. There's cars, because like, everywhere. Mom stayed ahead of it. Or we had we had ended up right behind it. Because we stayed the night in, like, Iowa. Because it was going to be shit. And then Mom was like, we're going to get behind these trucks and we're going to fucking go. It was god-awful. But, yeah, this... The traveling and, and all that stuff, like... It's definitely one of the things that... There's parts of, of, of wrestling that I do miss. The camaraderie is one of them. And I did a lot of that camaraderie, like, the bonds that you make, it comes on those road trips home and to the shows or whatever. Like, Tom and I were always cool when we first met, and we always enjoyed each other because we'd be in the locker rooms and we'd be sharing that. But once we started traveling together, that's where we really became best friends and all of the other people that you travel with. I love that part. I can't remember, imagine being on the road now. But. Do you remember getting a flat tire coming back from I don't care where? We lived in Robinson, but we were like on the city limits. Like we were like three miles outside of Robinson, and I had I, in that little red piece of shit shit. I do remember that. And I had to change a tire to go three miles. Yeah, to I do remember. Then that. go to fucking bed. And you guys hit a turkey. And we did thing, it. We but... also hit a turkey. Um, different trip, but yes. Uh, like, I, so I can't find what the. The, the Friday show is for you guys. Yeah. I want to say it's like a Big Daddy show or something. Yeah, really. I'm sure, yeah. Um, the next weekend, you guys do Funky Monkey. Yeah. Then don't go do Sleeper Cells for Beyond. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. We were dumb let's, as fuck. Let's put it in perspective, actually. So, to, to back you up, on like, as far as your camaraderie, as far as how fast it builds during road trips. Yeah. October of 2019, I start traveling with you. Yeah. November of 2020, we start this podcast. Yeah. Like, that quick. Yeah. Like, one of the things, like... Actually, I, I love that this is part of the podcast now. Like, one of the things for me that, like... When you and me first met and, like, started becoming friends... Like, for me, it was very much like you were what I'm going to call properly trained... And I basically wasn't. I was trained, but I'm not going to say properly trained. You know what I mean? Like, no no school of note, no one of note, you know, whatever, right? You found God, it. God, there it is. There's oh a picture word. of me just... There's no life in those eyes. Please send me that right now because I'm going to... I want to put it on social media yep. for this for this episode. I have absolutely lost every bit of, of, of shit right there. But the... Like, part of the reason that you and me, I think, became friends was that you wanted to be better. Yeah. And I wanted <clears throat> to be good. And I've used you as an example for this, because I, I, I like to teach this when I'm, like, training people. First rule of chess is you can only get better by playing a better opponent. And I think that that is very much true for wrestling. Yeah. For 90 out of 100, 95 out of 100 wrestlers, that is true. Very select few will get better by working with lesser opponents if they have the right attitude. Because you always had the attitude, specifically like a GAW or shit, where you're like, I will not allow you to have a bad match with Correct. me. Correct. If you are a shit worker, you know, I will I will make this match good despite your fucking weaknesses, failures, and desires. What is, what is I will Heyman's, I will get a good match out of Paul you. Paul Heyman, accentuate the positives, hide the negatives. Right. right. 
And that is absolutely true. I always, I always wanted to be better. I wanted to be the best because I understood when I was training, um, and most people don't know this, but like my trainer, this has nothing to do with Heltra, but my trainer. No, we're on a different topic um, now, dog. <laughs> he had told me originally within the first couple of months, there was a, a streak of the WWA four trainees that were just he was pumping out quality, like mm. Hooligans, Gresham, AR Fox. Like, they were all. I came at the same time as Fox. Are you aware like, of this? Like, he was in this. Yeah. So, yeah. then all the other people, there was people there that didn't necessarily be go, go on to become anything, but they were there at the time and they were good. I got there and I was never an athlete. I was never really, you know, it just, I don't know. I just wanted to be a wrestler. I didn't have it right away. And he told me, he was like, but I've heard you cut promos. Maybe you should just be a mouthpiece. Maybe you should just be a manager. Because I just he didn't see it for me. That always stuck with me. And when I moved from Georgia to Illinois, I was like, I know what I was taught. I want to be the best. I don't care. I immediately knew that the people that I was originally working with were not good. But I knew that even if I wasn't good, they don't know that I'm not good. But I'm trained correctly. They will know. Okay, well, who right. knows what he's talking about? So I just utilized the people that were around me. I used, utilized my um, my strengths and accentuated those, and I forced my way to be better. Because the first year of me living in Illinois, um, I didn't really have, quote-unquote, talent to work with. Um, and I got my first opportunities by... <laughs> Sorry to everyone that's down there, but working with shit, basically, yeah. and turning uh, chicken shit into chicken salad, and I remember when I first met Tom, I had just, in, in Central Illinois wrestling scene at the time, um, they didn't use name guys. They didn't use, like, WWE guys, because they couldn't afford it, mm. and GAW, at this point, brought in Zach Gowan to wrestle me, ah. and that, at the time, which is crazy to think about now, but at the time... That, that was, was the big biggest deal. match yeah. in that general vicinity, so much right. so that all of the other local promoters that ran in Central and Southern Illinois came to attend and watch that match yeah. because they wanted to see Zach Gowan. And through that one match, I got a bunch of bookings and went on to now have talent to work with. Wow, okay. You don't know what my... And I, anytime I've seen Zach Gowan since then, I always give him his props because... Yeah them early days the first person that i worked with i always say this too the first person that i worked with that wasn't shit uh before i got the zach gowan match was actually suge yeah it was suge and then zach gowan but yeah maybe not like a direct equivalent but i guess my equivalent is uh so one week while i'm at training uh at iwow and i had this i i already had the booking it was for aapw but like Long before what it was when you and me tagged. Yeah, oh man, know, I, rem I remember the air, the end of the original run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was at training, and I, I don't know how the fuck I did this, but like, I'm, I'm pretty lucky that I've avoided like most major injuries for wrestling. I just have a shit ton of nagging ones, right? But I'm at training, and I go to slide into the ring, and my left knee just goes straight into the the beam, the side of the ring, just absolutely yeah. like clang, and I was like, fuck fuck or whatever and they're like you okay and i was like yeah it's you know whatever and like it swelled up it wasn't one of those like hospital things it wasn't a doctor thing but like i had clearly just like fuck yourself hit my knee and yeah. whatever and this was on thursday night training and i had a booking on friday for aapw 
and I was working with this guy that I didn't at the time know named Gary the Barn Owl. Oh, wow. So, I wake up on Friday. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's, a, that's a deep pull. Yep. I wake up on Friday. Do you not know who this is? No. We'll come back to that. Oh, I, yeah. I wake up on Friday morning, and I look at my, my fucking knees, and my left one looks like a fucking volleyball. And I'm like, God damn it. And I'm like, okay, this thing functions, but like everything hurts. Moving it just is, this is fucking bad. Mm. So I had, I had gear and I had my knee pads, but I used to also wear like knee sleeves under my knee pads. I don't know why. I just, I did it. I think it was like a visual thing. I didn't like the open backs on knee pads or so. I, I don't know. doesn't matter. But I was like, oh, fuck. I have to, you know, I got to work. So I go to the show. I get there and I remember I put both knee sleeves on the one knee to contain this swelling or whatever and uh i have this match and i didn't know the dude at all but like we start talking stuff like you know putting it together and i was like oh he actually like likes watching wrestling cool so like we had a very fun very indie for that time match gary the bar now is gary J. So his old character at the time, he didn't speak, which is hilarious because he's actually so fucking quick uh, with his mic, uh, with his talking skills. But uh, yeah, his character at the time is that he would just go, whoo, whoo. So we have this match and I remember being totally fine, totally good, you know, whatever. Like we did a bunch of cool, fun shit. You know, I like the guy out of the gate. My knee is fucked. As soon as the match is over and I get to the back, I'm like, Oh, thank God. And I take both knee sleeves and knee pad off, and my knee is just like, like, expanding. I was like, God damn it. Two weeks later or whatever, it's fine. You know, it's just like badly fucked up. You know, I hit it hard, whatever. But because of that match, less than a month later, I get a text from a guy named Pierre Abernathy. He says, Hi, I'm Pierre Abernathy. I book for um, LWA in St. Louis. Would you like to come work for me? And I said, absolutely. So then I get to that, and I find out, oh, Gary vouched for me because I had a good match with him. And I think I told him, like, dude, I'm fucking hurt. And worked through it. And because of that, he vouched for me for to Pierre. And that got me in there, and then that got me to other, like, you know. And in his first match, if I recall correctly, it's me, you, and Billy McNeil in a triple correct. threat. It where is. Tom specifically so said. So that's another weird tie-in. That's yeah. the first time you and me and were, we were in the ring together. That was the first time we were ever in the ring, but we had known each other at that point for probably a solid year, yeah. I'd say. Because that was I know that was like 2010. But uh, yeah, it's, it's wild the way that some of these things work out. and like, um, But then the camaraderie of all of these things, you know, like we, we meet in give or take like March of 2009. Yeah. Um, that happened 2014. Now about to be 2024. We're telling this story. Yeah. We're in the car for Hell Trip with uh, my original green kids. Now we sit here doing this podcast with you. You're his green kid. Yeah. Like, very, very full circle moments. But all of these things would not happen. Coming up on being a peer. Yeah. Like, me and him had a match recently at Rocket that was... Really good. Really good. Just submission. Yeah. It was a submission match. It and I believe wrestling. it. It's the the full circle stuff. I remember as we were talking about the grandkids. I Brandon, thought about your this. finest work yet. Thank you. We, I was talking I about this last Rivera night. Cloverleaf. I'm so sorry. Rivera I don't Clover. think I can. Fucking coward. Rivera Cloverleaf. Snap you like a twig. Goddamn right. Um, I was talking about this last night. Uh, where 
at one point, I remember, like, so my original Green Kids, Tom did not claim them. They were just the Greens, but yeah. they were my Greens. Jeff O'Shea, Malachi Matthews, J.J. Garrett. Um, they... I heard that. That was you. It was not me. <laughs> Can't finish a podcast without Tom ripping his ass. Um, oh, I don't like the way you phrased that. Ripping his ass. That makes it sound like he is, like, his... with his hands. <laughs> oh, like... That's, no, no. We're not no. talking about goats uh, on this podcast. Oh man, a dated reference. I love that. It made me feel real old. Uh, no, like I was, I was explaining how, like you remember, you just, you did not want to claim. I, I didn't the, want, I didn't want any part of that. Tom was like, like I, I do wasn't... not want green kids ever. He literally said this at one point. Now, because I was, ha- I because I was like, if they fuck up, yes. it comes down on me. Which I totally and understand. now Berna is one of my green kids, so I've completely <laughs> betrayed everything. God I don't want it. green kids. I'll never have a Christmas tree in my house. We're never getting a dog. I don't need this. Yeah, you do need it. You need more. Um, just the <laughs> fact, just the fact that so much full circle has happened. We're like, you and I have been around long enough now. Where last night I had this moment. I'm looking around the locker room, and it's like our our legends, the people that we wanted to work with, are became our peers a decade ago. Yeah. Then the people were that were even beyond them, they're still there even. A Vic Capri. You Dude, know what I'm saying? The man. Is still there. Now, our migraines, like, not someone that I claim, someone that we both mentored, Stephen Wolf. He first started coming around 2013. He was setting up the ring. Yesterday I was talking to him. He's standing at the ring. He's about to put together his fucking extreme Lucha Libre fucking yeah. exhibition. Yeah. I stand there. I'm talking. I was like, you remember in 20, like 13, 14, you're over here practicing. Oh, you think I could do a shooting star press? Had never done it. He was doing that at Dreamwave. I was like, now you're probably going to use it as a falsy tonight in your match. You're the fly-in. You are the yeah. one that is being flown in to wrestle at Dreamwave where you were doing pre-show shit. You were setting up the chairs. Now you're watching your green kids that came with you to set up the chairs. You are now that we've been around long enough to see that. Um, and it's just really, it's a really, really cool thing. Like, yeah. uh, And also to know, too, uh, this will also give you props which I said I would not do today. Uh, on a recorded medium. On a recorded medium, yes. This might have to be a Patreon episode now. Yes. Cut it off at this point. Everything else, you have to hear me pay. You have to pay for it. Um, you have to pay for me putting Tom over. Absolutely. Um, because the Lord knows that me putting Tom over didn't happen for a long time. I got to That's very true. It yeah. only happened because I was going to retire. <laughs> Well, here we are. I fucking hate you. Um, No, I I think that this goes without saying, like, you also are a huge contribution. I don't know if you ever feel this way. I don't know if anyone ever says it, besides your greens. But absolutely a huge contribution to what indie wrestling is in the Midwest for a period of time. And I'd say that in the grand scheme of things also, knowing, like, let's talk about, like, he brought up the, the AAPW, the Gary the Bar now, or even when I met him. Like, to know where you're at now, I'm sure at one point, you probably would not have foreseen this for yourself. Fuck no. Because. Oh, fuck no, I just stripped into a Canadian accent. Because in the vein of, like, 
me saying, like, oh, my, my original trainer was like, ah, oh, this might not be for you or whatever. At one point, Tom was not receiving any type of praise. He was definitely being, like, not talked about at all. And if it yeah. was, was very negative. Yeah. And to get to that point where now not only do you have the respect of your peers, you have the respect of the people that came before you, the people that you wanted to work with or whatever. And you now, those are also your peers to have your green kids setting them up for the future last night. Uh, Coho, Coho, you know, yeah, like as it were. to know where like in 2012 or whatever, I think it was, you went good as gold. Now you're a green kid about yeah. to be set up to have a spot that you set up for him right. in a company that has the respect, has the platform, has all the, you know, like, these are the things like you, me, uh, Shane Hollister, fucking, yeah. um, like, who else is fucking, uh, Jason Bobby Strife. H Bobby Houston. Bobby Houston, absolutely. Yeah. Like, these people who cemented themselves and did, we, we put in the time, we put in the effort. And, and we're good. Of, and we're very good. Like, and not only... Not like not not good in the sense of like, oh, this guy's over because it's his hometown. Just and he, and good he has like as a fuck shit fucking match and has the same match. But like genuinely good. Yes. You know, like Bobby Houston can still fucking go. I know this for fact. Absolutely. You know, Jason Strife up until, you know, like the, the unfortunate like end of his time, like could go. Was still going. And, and, and was delivering every fucking time. You know, it's, like it's what putting the whole Midwest on your back, fucking a. Absolutely, and, and that is that is a thing that I had a conversation recently with Jossie, and Jossie is trained by fucking Black and Brave. Yeah, but love Joe, love Jossie. Um, not my kid, but I know that I absolutely mentored him, and we were talking recently. I saw a promo of his. Yeah, and. I messaged him. I was like, this randomly came across my timeline. I was like, amazing. I was like, if I was wanting to go see that, I was like, you talked me into the seat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, he gave me my props. And he's like, you know, this, that, and the other thing. I know, I remember being at the place that he's at now and telling my people, yeah. hey, you helped me do this, da, 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 da. And I think that that benefit of knowing that we did take, we are definitely people, you are one of those people that, took a territory essentially helped carry it and also do what my original trainer told me is something that I always keep with me just in every walk of life of leave whatever leave wrestling better than it was when you found it right oh sure and the I can't talk about the state of the indies outside of what I know yeah but I know that based off of the people that we came up with the people that mentored us the people that we grew and got better with and the people that we have set up to do what we did for the future, all of those people are going to be fucking good. Yeah. And so like, good to go. Like to but you deserve it. You deserve your props for that. So, so you have a lot on your shoulders right now, Brayden. Don't fuck it up. Oh, <laughs> so no. Like, to, to, like, expand upon that, and then, then we can wrap this up. But, like, so a big thing for me was, like, because, again, like, you were, quote, properly trained, and, like, I wasn't. But, you know, I was fucking mad and hungry, whoever, whatever you want to call it. I just wanted to be good. And I didn't have a vet. You know, I did not have someone to be like, hey, here's why you do this. Here's how you do this. I did not have somebody to fucking travel with to teach me shit in the car or even how to behave in locker rooms. Like, I lost a lot of time because yeah. I did not have that. And I don't want other people to 
have to figure that shit out. out on their own. So like having like you know Braden and Berna and Connor and 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 to a, to a lesser degree a Hunter Holdcraft or you know whatever. Or, like, I mean, I talk wrestling all the time at work with, like, 12-gauge, where I'm, you know, that's the thing where it's, like, I, I enjoy doing all of that, and I, I fucking love it, but it's out of the idea of, like, I did not get this, mm-hmm. you know, and that's not me patting myself on the back at all. That's just but the, you But the thing is, though, is you should. But I don't want to. But, like, the point, <laughs> the point being that, like, I don't want these guys that, like, like, if your goal, to me in wrestling, if your goal is I want to be the Zawa Live Fireweight Champion. That's great. Mm-hmm. Work really fucking hard and be the best fucking Zawa Live Fireweight Champion that they've ever seen. Yes. If your goal is to main event the Tokyo Dome, all right, dog, you need to work really fucking hard and be very lucky, you know, but that's just that. But, like, my big point with all of that is just, like, I don't want other people to just have that, like, lost, wandering around sensation that I had for, like, the first couple of years that I was wrestling where it'd be like, yeah, I show up at a show... Uh, these are some things that I watched recently. I would like to try that. And I don't have a character. You know, I don't know this. I don't, you know, match structure. Like, I don't want other people that are starting out to have that, like, lost sensation of it. Because, 100%. like, once, once you get trained how to fucking bump, like, you know, and, and do some holds, a lot of places will just fucking let you go. And you're just, a, you know... And we worked with and, and, we worked with all of them, and I still do sometimes. And like, in in all fairness to those people, it's not their fault, correct? But and that's but it's, that is it's where not I'm... cool to just like I don't want to just watch these people wander around wrestling as a as a landscape and not fucking get it or not know how to behave or because I mean obviously you were there for a lot of it. I didn't know how to behave in locker rooms or in general so far as wrestling goes, for a long fucking time. Like, it's... But I also... I didn't have somebody to be like... I had guys that I thought were my... Not that I thought... Guys that were my friends, like Mm -hmm. you or Castle or anybody else, to be like, Tom, shut up and calm down. Which, if it's your... What I'm going to call a peer, you don't hear it the same way that you do a a veteran or, you know, a, a trainer, whatever. You know, like, if somebody who's higher up on the food chain is like, Tom, you need to shut the fuck up and quit pissing people off and hitting them too hard. That registers differently than when you or Bentley or somebody would be like, hey, man, fucking chill a little bit. Everything's fine. And I'm like, no, it's not! Like, you know, like... (laughs) It's very true. Yeah, I was like, it's definitely a thing that is, is needed, you know, even if you don't directly train someone... You want to have someone that just lets you know what's up, and they're ultimately doing it to not only make you better, but to make the business better, um, because we all love the business, and we all love, we don't want to, and also, too, I might have to work with your ass again, so, like, get it right the next <laughs> time, you know, like, let's get it right, so, um, props to also to, I guess, a shout-outs to <laughs> the people that helped me along as well, because, you know, we're, we're just paying it forward, ultimately, even still now, so. Yeah, got to. But uh, all right, yes. You want to wrap this up, Braden? I'm so sorry that you guys weren't that involved in this episode. Hey, no, no, like no this is largely good, just good me and Paige rambling. Yeah. That's uh, fine. Uh, you want to plug some stuff? Uh, Let's plug some or, stuff. Yeah, we got a Dreamwave. Dreamwave. We just had a show, so just had a show. We're still mind. riding that fucking high. Uh, Absolutely. Rocket Pro Wrestling. Rocket Check Pro. out. Yeah. Tom versus Braden submission match. Very yeah. good. Ooh, that might good, be uploaded good by stuff. now. It is. I, it is. 
I've watched it a couple of times. Oh wait, um, I'm 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 thinking that was the most recent one. We've had a Rocket Pro show since since then. then. I'm talking about that one might be uploaded by now. But anyway, yeah, I have watched that. Uh, I'll let you check it out too. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Wowed Podcast because evidently that's just my Twitter now. Uh, I am on Instagram now at Wrestling Coyote because it's 2014 and Instagram is the hotness. Um, I got banned from there. <laughs> uh, You're banned from I got Instagram. Else, so for I don't, what? They thought I was trying to impersonate Vin Diesel. Hot, you know what? Family is not everything. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Cage. I'm not, I'm not gonna explain it. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Uh, follow me on all social media at Your King Cage. And if you are aware of what I used to post on social media, fear not. I'm no longer naked on the internet. So, <laughs> hey, you, you know can, what? You can get on. You can get on my Twitter, and there won't be dick. But, um, yeah, and I guess. I might be back at some point to... You're going to be back. Okay. We had a very heartfelt conversation about it, and that is a verbal contract! Well... Guys, I just want to call it a Christmas miracle. I found somebody who takes worse promo pictures than Tom. Oh my god. I don't know that I believe you. Is this what we're promoting? Okay. Woof. The one to the right. All of them. Okay, how do we end this? Jay calling me out for hating flippy people earlier was great. Um, that is funny. Let's wrap this up by saying uh, coming soon. Uh, also check out our live show. We're going to do more live shows in the future. And With guys, less talk about Berna and his escapades, please. And guys, just uh, uh, these live shows will be sponsored by sheer hubris. Um, <laughs> just uh, support professional wrestling. <laughs> Sorry.